Good morning again. Let's open our Bibles to John chapter 12, shall we? Believe it or not, we are getting back to the Gospel of John. Last time we looked at uh, 1 Peter chapter 5, just a little bit of review here, casting all our cares on him because he cares for us. And uh, what a, you know, what a relevant uh, word that is for us. You know, we've got a lot of cares in this life, a lot of things. And for us, we, we need to learn how to, to cast them on him and to struggle with those things. And sometimes it is a struggle, a wrestle, but to, to give them over to him is what we're called to do. Uh, and part of it is humbling ourselves and, and uh, I was thinking about this again, you know, humble, it says to humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God. Well, if we don't humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God, it's like we think that we're above the mighty hand of God. And that puts us in a pretty precarious position, I think. And so for us, we need to realize who he is and who we are. I think that's, uh, when I think about the belt of truth, and spiritual warfare, the first thing I think about is to know the truth about who God is and who we are and, and revealed to us through the, the word of truth and the scripture. So now today, like I said, I want to get back to the, to the gospel of John and, uh, you know, maybe, I don't know, I'm thinking maybe to some form of normalcy, maybe. Is that even possible? I don't know. Honestly. But the truth is that we, need, we do need patterns in our lives. And we do need, you know, some kind of plan and some kind of focus. And, and you know, for us here at Calvary Chapel, we, you know, we, we study through a book of Scripture. We go verse by verse, chapter by chapter. And, and, and some of the Calvary Chapels, they go through every book of the Bible. Well, I'm just, I'm just not that fast. I, I just, you know. I don't remember asking you. So someday, somebody will come along after me and maybe finish. I don't know. But today's section, we're, we're looking at a, a section, and we had, you know, the last time we were in John, really, uh, was right when this whole thing started. And I had done uh, a whole bunch in John, and then, and then you know, Patrick and Justin and Chris uh, did three sections in the book of John. Then I was set to come back and do this section, and then it all kind of, you know, blew up. And so, but this is kind of where we were in, in this passage here. And really, this passage, uh, uh, chapter 12, verses 37 through 50, uh, seems like a lot, but we're going to go through it quickly. Uh, really, it's Jesus' last words in, in the Gospel of John, his, his last public ministry. The last words of his public ministry found in the Gospel of John. So you, you kind of think about that. Well, it's kind of important. The last thing he said to the crowds. Now, he obviously, there's a lot more teaching in the Gospel of John, but he was teaching his disciples, you know, one-on-one and in his smaller group of disciples, and he was discipling them and teaching them. But really, the message really is found in, these, in this last section is that, you know, we believe in Jesus Christ and we put our trust in him. That's really the heart of the message, to believe in him, to put our trust in him. Now, how many of you uh, studied Shakespeare when you were in college? 
Aiden raised his hand. Are you in college? <laughs> you, know, I, you know, I might have, but I can't remember that far back. You know, but this phrase, everybody knows this phrase, right? You all know this phrase, right? To be or not to be, that is the question. It's probably the most well-known uh, phrase, uh, phrases from anything written other than, I believe, some of the scriptures. Uh, and and uh, who, can anybody tell me who said it? Hamlet, Hamlet did, right. And, and really, he's talking about the value of life. To be, to live, or not to be, to be dead. Not to be alive. And, and he's, he's trying to decide, really, you know, if living or dying is best. And really, it, it, he's contemplating suicide. Now, that's a whole other subject in, our, in itself. We're not going to talk about that. But, but, but he, he really kind of comes up with this question. It's, it's, you know, what happens then? You know, as he's saying, you know, is all the struggles of life and all the stuff I'm going through, is it really worth it? But then he comes up face to face with this question, well, then what happens when I die? What happens if I do die? And he says these words, the dread of something after death. He called it the undiscovered country. He said there was something about this after death thing. Wikipedia, you all know that. They, they got everything right. They said this bemoaning the pain and the unfairness of life but acknowledging that the alternative might be worse. That's kind of, kind of where Hamlet was at in this thing. You can read about it. You also read, actually, in the section just before that, that he makes it also clear that, that he believes that God was not for suicide. God was against suicide. I want to just make that point clear. To be or not to be, to live or not to live, you know, it really is a matter of life and death. And, and really what I have titled this last section is to believe or not to believe. That's the question. To believe or not to believe, that's the question. It, it, it is a matter of life and death. It, you know, ultimately it is, you know, life or death. We're going to see in this passage that some would not believe. They just would not. Then we see it says that they could not. But then we see also that some did. In fact, it says many did. To believe or not to believe. The context, as I mentioned, uh, these three gentlemen gave a section, chapter 12, verses 20 to 22. Some disciples or some people came and they said, we want to see Jesus. The next section, you know, speaks about the fact that the hour had come. And, and really, the hour for what? The hour for the cross had come. The third section was, walk while you have the light. And it says, put your trust in the light while you have it. Put your trust in the light while you have it. While you have an opportunity, and Jesus is there before them, put your trust in the light, faith, put your faith, believe in the light. And of course, we know that Jesus said that he is the light of the world. So we pick it up there now in verse 37. That was all by way of introduction. Verse 37, even after, even after Jesus had done all these miraculous signs in their present presence, they still would not believe in him. 
They would not be leaving him. It's very important to look at the language in the words. It says they would not. What does that tell us? They were unwilling. There was a stubbornness. There was a rejection. There was a, them saying no to what, what Jesus was having to say. Jesus said that he was the light of the world. Will you believe in me? It says that they would not believe in him. I truly believe that we have a choice. That we have a choice to, to accept Jesus Christ or reject him. It's, it's up to us. He's given us that freedom of choice. Verse 38, what does it say? It says that it was prophesied, it was foretold. Isaiah the prophet says uh, in verse 38, this was to fulfill the word of Isaiah the prophet. Lord, who has believed our message? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? Lord, who has believed? Has anybody believed? The interesting thing about that quote the quoting of that passage, it comes out of chapter 53 of the book of Isaiah. And what is Isaiah chapter 53 all about? The cross of Christ, right? And also the resurrection is found there too. The cross of Jesus Christ. Who has believed? Who has believed? Who has put their trust in this man, Jesus Christ? You know, it's a very sad thing that people would just look at him as a man, or he's a good teacher, and I, I'm going to follow his teachings or whatever. But to surrender before him as the Savior of the world, that's what, what we're talking about here. The light of the world that, that all who would believe in him would be forgiven and would have eternal life. It says that they would not believe in him. Verse 39, it gets... It goes on from there. It says this, for this reason, for what reason? The fact that they rejected him, that they refused to believe in him. It says this, for this reason, they could not believe. Because as, as Isaiah uh, says elsewhere, this is Isaiah chapter 6 now, he has blinded their eyes and deadened their hearts so they can neither see with their eyes nor understand with their hearts nor turn. And I would heal them. What came first here? The rejection, the refusal, the saying no. And the Lord just confirmed that rejection, that refusal. This took place, this took place after they had closed their eyes, after they had hardened their hearts. As a result of that, they kept saying no to him. Someone said this, the more that we reject the truth, the gospel, the harder it becomes to receive it. There comes a point where we say no enough times where, where God says, okay, if that is your choice, then I will, you know, this is what I need to do. And, and, and their hearts become hardened by him. You can read about it in other places, the, you know, in the, in the book of Exodus, when Pharaoh, he hardened his heart towards God. He hardened his heart towards God. And finally, the Lord hardened his heart. Notice what it says there in the verse that says, if they had believed, they would see, they would understand, they would be healed. Those that receive him, those that do believe, again, to believe or not to believe, that's the question. To those who do believe, we find healing, we find eternal life, we find help, we find hope. But those who do not believe, who make that choice, 
That's not what happens. Verse 41, it says, Isaiah said this because he saw Jesus' glory and he spoke about him. Again, what was going on in Isaiah chapter 6, you can go and read it there, but when, when it, it speaks about Isaiah, it says he saw the Lord high and lifted up. Who is he speaking about there? It says the Lord, Yahweh, he saw Yahweh, and now it's saying here that Jesus is Yahweh. Again, the truth of who God is, who Jesus is, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, this is the truth. This is the truth that we need to hold on to and believe. There's so much weakening. There's so much twisting of the truth. We need to really be careful we hold on to what God's Word says. I say that all the time because it's so true. People can just go off on these tangents and say, well, you know, I don't know if I believe that, but this is what I think about it. Be careful. That's putting ourselves above the mighty hand of God, not under the mighty hand of God. So it says that that they would not. Then it says that they could not. But look, now in verse 42 and 43, it says, yet... Despite the fact that some did reject Jesus Christ and and were hardened in that faith and in that rejection, it says, yet, at the same time, verse 42, many what? Even among the leaders believed in him, but because of the Pharisees, they would not confess their faith for fear they would be put out of the synagogue. For they loved praise from men more than praise from God. They love praise from men more than praise from God. It's interesting. I looked at this and say, yet, he said, many believed in him. Many put their faith, put their trust in him, even among the leaders. Now, certainly, certainly, it doesn't look like a perfect faith to be sure, does it? They had this fear. They were worrying about what people think. Were they true believers? Some, some, you know, commentators, some, you know, scholars believe that they weren't true believers. I kind of lean towards the, the, the belief that they were, but they had this imperfect faith. And maybe as they would grow in their faith, even, you know, people like Nicodemus and, and uh, uh, Joseph of Arimathea, these guys, you know, they had a weak faith and they also were afraid, but at, at, at a a point in time, they, they said, you know, we don't care anymore. That any, who knows, who, who, we don't care who knows that we are followers of this man, Jesus Christ, and we have given our hearts and lives to him. We are like that, you know. We may be immature, but, you know, we, we grow. We grow, and, and Jesus wants us to grow and become mature believers and, and not fearful of what people think. In the end, what matters most? What people think or what God thinks? I love that phrase, the audience of one. You know, what matters most is is what our God thinks. Not what my best friend thinks or the, the guy that I work with or the person that I go to school with or even what the rest of my family think. What matters most is that when we stand before him and he says, well done, good and faithful servant. That's what matters. 
But they would grow. I believe they would grow. And we are all in this process of growth as well. Verse 44, he goes on, Then Jesus cried out. He cried out and, and, and he said, When a man believes in me, those who do believe, he says, He does not believe in me only, but in the one who sent me. And when he looks at me, he sees the one who sent me. He says, I have come into the world as a light so that no one who believes in me should stay in darkness. This first, these, these, these three verses here, 44, 45, and 46, are speaking about those who do believe. And look what it says. Those who do believe, they believe in the Son, but they also believe in the Father, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, if you have seen me, what? You have seen the Father. Again, it's got so much to do with who Jesus Christ is and what he came to do. When we get away from that and we just put him into the category of some, you know, anointed teacher, some anointed master, we're missing the whole point of who he is. When he looks at me, he sees the one who sent me. When you look at Jesus Christ, you see God incarnate, God with us. Emmanuel, the light. And he says, the one who believes in me wouldn't stay in darkness. Is that what he said? He says, he's the light of the world and, and whoever follows him would not stay in the dark. Would never be in the dark. If you, want, if, you, know, if you and I are wandering around in the dark, we, we either don't have a faith in Jesus or we're looking in the wrong direction. When we look to him, that's when we find light. Jesus is the light of the world. He's the one who has the answers. He's the one who's going to get us through the darkness of this world. It's just that way. It's just the truth of it. To believe or not to believe, that is the question. What happens to those who believe? They see God. Blessed are the pure in heart. What did Jesus say in the, in the Sermon on the Mount? What? Blessed are the pure in heart, what? For they will see God. They will see God. Verse 47, though, those who don't. As for the person, and that's kind of interesting, he he gets it down to the Individual level, isn't it? It's individually. It's not, you know, we don't do this as a group. It's, a, it's an individual decision that I make, that you make. Have you made that decision? As, as for the person who hears my words, who hears the word and hears the gospel about Jesus, but does not keep them, doesn't, doesn't keep those words, doesn't hold on to those words, he says, I do not judge him. For I did not come to judge the world, but to save it. His whole purpose was to save the world. Again, as I've been saying, he's the savior of the world. He's not just some man, some teacher. Verse 48, there is a judge for the one who rejects me and does not accept my words. That very word which I spoke will condemn him at the last day. For I did not speak of my own accord. But the Father who sent me commanded me what to say and how to say, even the very words 
his father gave him to speak. In verse 50, I know that his command leads to eternal life. So whatever I say is just what the father has told me to say. Those who don't, he says what? What does it say here? What do, we, what do we pull out of these verses here about those who do not keep his word, who reject him, reject Jesus Christ? That's what it says in verse 48. Those who reject me and don't accept my words, don't believe what Jesus said. What, 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 what do we have to look forward to if that is our position? What does it say? We have judgment to look forward to. Jesus says, I'm not going to judge you right now because I came... My first coming was to save the world, to be the savior of the world. But that doesn't mean that judgment wasn't coming for those that would reject the answer, the hope. Judgment. What else? It says that they wouldn't be saved. They would not be rescued. The opposite of eternal life is what? Eternal eternal death, and and that's what those who reject Jesus Christ and say no to him, reject him and say no to him, that is what the Bible, that's what Jesus said. We can't just, you know, well, I don't like the way that sounds. You're talking about heaven. You're talking about hell. I don't like the way that sounds. I didn't make this up. This is what he says. We've got to hold on to what Jesus said and, 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 and think about what that means. What, what is the, the end result of what is he saying here? Again, this is the, the end of Jesus' public ministry. The words that he kind of wraps up his public ministry in the Gospel of John here. And he's talking about eternal life from the Father. Through the Son, eternal life from the Father through the Son. And, and, and someone said this, Warren Wiersbe said this. He said, it, he said, these words are a warning. They're a warning against letting the opportunity for salvation pass by. But David Gusick also said this, it's also a promise to those who decided for him. There's a warning that if we do decide, we do keep saying no, and and how many opportunities do we have? I don't know. Do Do you have to say no to Jesus, you know, five times before he finally says, okay, that's it, you've made your choice? Or is it ten times? Is it? I don't know. Who wants to play around with that? Who wants to take that kind of chance? I don't want to take that kind of chance. Well, no right now. I'll tell you what. I can remember this clearly. There was a a meeting I was in in San Diego, in a part of San Diego called called Linda Vista. I was there, and I was in a meeting, and the gospel was given. And and you know what? The the invitation to receive Jesus Christ was, was given very clearly. And you know, I... I wanted, I wanted to say yes. I could, you know, my heart was pounding. I was, you know, I just, I wanted to, but you know what? I said no, not now. And, and this was kind of in the summertime, and I went back to college, you know, it was a, you know, an hour and a half away from home. I went back to college up there, and, you know, things kind of fell apart. I ended up... Uh, 
quitting school. I got out of school. I, you know, I stayed up there. I was in Santa Barbara. I, I ended up getting a job in a Holiday Inn washing dishes. I mean, you know, I, I had a full scholarship at college. It was all paid for. I left that, you know, life fell apart. I, I'm ended up there, and finally I can't, I was like the prodigal son, and I finally, I, I, I said, you know what, I'm going to go home. What in the world am I doing here? I got nothing here. I'm washing dishes. People, you know, looking at people's unfinished meals. And you know what, I went home, and it wasn't very long after that that I said, you know what, I'm going to give my life to Jesus. And I went back to that church, they were meeting in a different building at this point in time. This is, you know, like four months later, five months later. I don't remember exactly. I went back and I said yes to Jesus. And my life has been turned around completely since then. But could I have said no again and again and again? Yes, we can do that. But, but not just for salvation, but... Even in our daily lives, we can say, no, I'm going to do this my way. No, I'm going to keep, keep on doing my thing, and I'll, I'll get back to you, Lord. I'll get back to you. Or maybe, you know, when I, when I get a little older, I've had a little more fun. I've, you know, I've messed up my life a little bit more. Then I'll become a believer. Then I'll follow you. God forbid. God forbid. You know what? I would give anything. To not have gone through the garbage that I went through before I became a believer. You know what? I'd give anything for that because all it is is scars. All it is is hurt. Don't let, any, don't let anybody say, well, you know, you've got to live it up first and then follow Jesus. No, 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 no. The promise for those who have decided. He says eternal life. He says healing, to believe or not to believe. That is the question. Hebrews says this, very, very powerful words in the beginning of the book of Hebrews. It says this, in the past, verse 1, chapter 1. In the past, God spoke to our forefathers through the prophets at many times and in various ways. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his Son whom he appointed heir of all things, and through whom he made the universe. He's the agent of creation. And then get this, he says, the sun is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful word. And after he had provided purifications for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty in heaven. This is the glorious majesty of who Jesus Christ is, folks. As the scripture says, Romans chapter 10, anyone who trusts in him will never be put to shame. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Anyone and everyone, it's open, you see. That's what the Bible says. But if we say no, and we reject, and we refuse, it's our choice. And we have to face the consequences of that. Pastor Chuck said these words, and we'll close with this. The world is divided into two categories. Those who believe and those who do not believe. 
For those who believe, there's hope, there's life, and there's heaven. For those who do not believe, there's no hope, there's death, and there's hell. That's the simple truth of it. You and I, even if we've been believers for a long time, we need to hold on to the, to the, the truths that, that these scriptures that Jesus proclaimed. Because you know where we're around? We're in a world that's dying, it's lost. And we have the hope. Let's pray together, shall we? Our gracious Heavenly Father, we look to you and we thank you for your word. We thank you for sending your son Jesus for in him. We have hope, we have life, we have eternal life, and we have heaven. In your son Jesus, in these last days, you've spoken by your son. And we just stop and pause for a moment thinking about these words that life is found in Jesus Christ. Not just a good teacher, but life eternal life for all who would believe in him. I hope and pray that each one of you here today, you've made that decision to trust Jesus Christ, that you're, you're a follower of his, that he has saved you, that you were born again by the Spirit of God. Yeah, you maybe are immature, maybe you need to grow, we all do, but, but you can follow him, you can serve him. Why? Because of all that he has done for you. And maybe there's some here today who you, you've said no in the past, but it's time for you to say yes. And you, you don't want to mess around with this stuff. You can say yes right now in your heart. Right now as we pray and say, Jesus, I say yes. Jesus, I say yes. Jesus, I say yes. Please come in. Be my Lord, be my Savior. Lord, we're just quiet our hearts before you and majesty of who you are the glory of who you are our great God our Father in heaven our Savior sitting at the right hand of the majesty on high we worship you we honor you help us Lord it's a difficult time. It's a difficult world we live in. A lot of cares, a lot of pressure, a lot of trouble. But Jesus, you said you have overcome the world, so we can hold on to you. We can trust you. Today. Today. We call out to you. Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Let's stand and sing together one final song, please.